With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thank you for your company on Sports Day. What a show it has been. I hope you have enjoyed it. Jed Walter, the supposed number two pick in the draft. He wasn't he impressive. And Don Pike taking up a huge job as the CEO of the West Coast Eagles. He was great. And we're building up to the big semi-final, which you'll hear live on SEN between India and New Zealand before we take on South Africa in the semi-finals of the World Cup. Of course, you'll hear that live right here on SEN. But there's also a big weekend of AFL action upcoming. So let's preview one of the semi-finals. It is the Cats taking on the reigning Premier's Melbourne at Icon Park on three, at 3.05 on Sunday. And the coach of the Cats joins us, Dan Lowther is his name. Dan, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Kane. Cheers. Oh, it was an impressive performance against the Bombers. Dominated the football, played a high kick mark game and, and got them on the outside. Firstly, before we talk about Melbourne, what impressed you most about your first finals victory this year? Uh, it was, look, to, to be able to score and score early was um, was the main point from last season in our um, elimination final against the Kangaroos. We struggled to kick a goal um, in a game where we, we thought we had fair fairly um, good use of the footy and significant inside 50s that just couldn't get a score. So to score in the first you know, 30 seconds of the game was um, was what we're after. But um, yeah, as you said before, our inside-to-outside ball movement in the first half was, was exciting to watch. Um, got a bit stodgy after half-time and uh, late in gainers and um, you know, put the screws on us a little bit too, which, um, which stopped the flow a bit. But uh, that first half in particular was good to watch in terms of our ball movement style. Dan, I was listening to uh, Craig Starcevich, um during last week prior to his final against uh, the Crows, and he said at the end he thinks that AFLW now contains the best athletes, female athletes in the country uh, within it. And his words were ringing in my ear when I tuned in and have a look at your side. You have got some of the most athletic, tall girls, women, that uh, I've seen in the AFLW. So uh, you've you've got some athletes there. A couple look like Mark Glitzarves and uh, have got the same sort of skill set. Yeah, we've um, we've been strategic, that's for sure, and trying to find the right type of player that can that can play the game itself, but also have an impact athletically. And um, you're probably referring to Ashley Maloney, who uh, hails from Ireland, and uh, you know just some of the stuff that she's been doing as a, yeah. as a six foot one, um, you know, player who's not played the game at all, but yeah. just looks to have um, have uh, captured the game beautifully. So her run and jump and launch and and evasiveness has been um, has been super to watch. So, um, yeah, she's certainly exciting and very quickly becoming the face of the competition. So tell us a bit more about that strategy. I mean, what have you identified that uh, is successful in this game as an athlete? And, and do you think the athletes are going to become bigger and more mobile? Well, it's interesting, Kane. Like, you know, if you take the AFL back, say, you know, three or four seasons, there was still that. And still there is, to be fair, the dual athlete model. Um, uh, but now the footballers are starting to become a bit more prevalent in the competition as the, as the pathway system becomes older. So um, there still needs to be the athlete, but there, there needs to be the complement of fundamentals. So from our perspective, our strategy was to was to build a program that uh, that represented fundamentals first, um, and then the the athletic component second. But you know, going to Ireland to to find players who have a similar fundamental base um, with the way they play their game, so that that can 
fast track the fundamentals with athleticism was um, mm. was one part of our strategy, and that seems to be working well. And and we've got a couple of Irish players as well, but um, they complement that part. So um, it's working for us so far. But um, it, it all comes down to kick Mark Campbell and then and build the athleticism off the back of that. It is a land of milk and honey for AFL clubs, and uh, AFLW certainly right into it. But it staggers me, Dan and uh, Kane, that is. AFL clubs, men, who still turn their back on it. It's just crazy. I mean, it's just, it's a free hit. And I can't, for the sake of a, a couple of flights over there and a little bit of money in your, your soft cap, it, it actually astounds me that um, every club isn't in there. Yeah, well, we're lucky at our club. We Obviously, we have uh, three three Irish guys on our on our men's list and we've got three in our, in our women's list as well. But, um, you know, for the girls in particular, um, until the competition um you know, it gets stronger. It needs more time, clearly, for that. Yeah. But this is this is their chance for a free hit to come over and trial it. They're yeah. Losing nothing from it, gaining lots from it, uh, and so are we, which is the important part. So mm. you can't. We don't go over there with an idea of just um, recruiting anybody. We're quite strategic again with um, what we're targeting. But um, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a free hit. Dan, we spoke to Darren Crocker um, earlier on in the week. It might have been on Monday, and his performance against Melbourne was as good as we've seen in terms of the pressure game, 104 tackles that they laid, and they were just all over them. I'm sure you've watched that game back already, and is it a similar strategy that your group is capable of replicating? Uh, I love the strategy. I saw 104 tackles. I just don't think we can sustain that with the way yeah. we, we like to play our system, and um, again, it's uh, you know it takes a lot of energy and, and, and concentration to, to nail that consistently. We'll aim for that clearly. What what Melbourne are great at a number of things are great at, but clearly they're they're run and carry from stoppage. Uh, the way they link up and attack uh, with their inside mids, their outside runners is is exceptional. So we need to make sure that we're strong around contests. We're also denying the outside run, and it's easy to say than do. But um, if we're consistent in that space, so clearly uh, North Melbourne were fantastic. What I did notice was that the can quite physical around the ground with um, the way they approached, uh, you know, ruck contests, 1v1s. Um, they look really holding up for the fight. So we've just got to make sure we, you know, we maintain and, um, that as much as we can. And it's going to be a hard task, but um, something we've certainly learned, learned from our, our early game in the year. What happened in the earlier game? We let them do everything I just said then. We, uh, okay. you know, we just, uh, you know, we just weren't... I thought we were quite um, consistent in the first uh, quarter and a half. After half time, the floodgates opened a bit. Again, um, you know, playing a, a run-fast uh, gun game uh, isn't sustainable if we're not stopping and slowing the game down and controlling tempo. And we just weren't allowed to control the tempo as much as we'd like. We've learned a lot and changed a lot since um, since that time. But uh, we can't fall back into that type of um, game where it's just on the go because they've got, you know, about you know, five, six, seven deep in regards to so you can go through the midfield. Clear that their outside runners are, are quite exceptional. They've got great connections. So we're going to try and somehow um, disconnect the way they play and, and the Kangaroos did a bit in the weekend with their, with their tackle pressure. And that's a great start. So it's, um, that's what we'll aim for from the start of the game. Speaking of Geelong's AFLW coach, Dan Lowther, they take on the reigning premiers Melbourne and Icon Park on Sunday in a semi-final. I was really critical of a game I saw Port Adelaide play and they, they just capitulated in the dying stages and, and lost an unlosable game. Now, that doesn't seem to be the case with the top end of uh, the sides at the top of the ladder. How much time have you spent on strategy and milking the clock, either chasing a, a lead late or protecting a lead? 
Uh, we train every week, um, Kane. We, we, I, I, I know the game you're talking about. Uh, Costa's probably a potential spot in the ladder, to be fair. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where time and practice, clearly, uh, but also making it uh, a part of your training habits as well. So we will regularly, like we have match practice uh, every every session, 10, 15 minutes of um, scenario-based uh, training. So, yeah, we'll take the, the three-minute countdown, two-minute countdown, boards out, and we'll, we'll try in different scenarios, different parts of the ground, and you know, just for those types of moments. And um, even on the weekend, even though we had a comfortable lead against the Bombers, there were, there were times where we had to pull a trigger on um, you know, a late-and-quarter scenario that we're trained, and it, it kind of just flowed quite naturally. So it's an important part of our, our training. Um, and again, time practice and, and making sure you implement it's really important too. How, much, how many hours on the track do you do in a lead-up to a final? Uh, yeah, it, we'll keep things consistent to what we do during the season. Only being a short season, clearly, uh, yeah. we don't change too much. So we play Sundays. So we just alter the days we train. Tonight's our main session. So we'll do a, a good, probably, you know, um, say 50, 55 minute um, skill session on the track with some match practice at high intensity. Um, but I say that, it'll probably go for about an hour and 20, to be fair. Um, there's conditioning before it, and yeah. strength post it. So it's a, it's a good, you know, two hours of training. Um, and then the, the girls can get into recovery and, and dinner at the club and whatnot. And we do that three times a week. So we just want to pull the, pull the, uh, the reins back on um, Friday for our, our, our last session, but the intensity is still slight. So um, they get enough contact um, and, and preparation to, to practice playing the game because um, you know, we, we can't not practice the, the type of intensity required for the weekend. So, yeah, we, it's pretty important we get that right. What do, mm. uh, what do your pupils have more d- difficulty in mastering, kicking or handballing? Uh, I'd say the kicking, um, Jared, is something that it was a, a big focus for us when we first started to make change to the program. Yeah, uh, we gave our girls kick assessments, distance, timing, accuracy, um, so we could really, you know, give them some specific feedback on this is the reality. Um, until we get these things more accurate and and kick further, uh, we can't implement maybe what you might be seeing on TV as opposed to this is how the game looks. Yeah. But the, the reality is we need to play a game within our own attributes and strengths. So. Um, you know, we've become you know, top two efficient you know, kick Mark Hamble team across the competition so yep. we're quite proud of the fact that we've, the fundamentals are starting to take care of themselves now, it's, um, now we can implement a, a greater game style that can support um, the way we can move the ball so yeah super important mate kicking for me Yeah just from a, a, a distance I, my, my gut feeling is uh, from what I've seen kicking's improved immeasurably over three years Handballing's oh, yeah. improved, you know, it's improved, but it hasn't improved anywhere near the same rate. And it's kicking was coming from a lower base, I'd, I'd accept that. Yeah, I think the, the thing for handball for me is it's um, understanding where your support uh, players are. So, one thing we're quite good at, at the moment, this is me being utterly biased, of course, is, um, you know, the, the thinking of always getting the ball forwards to goal isn't always the smartest and, and, and best way to go forward. Yeah. So, um, you know, lateral lag behind handballs. You know, you have structures in place to be able to support the inside to out. And I think that's something that I've got better at over the course of this season is that our players inside know where our outside support is. And sometimes that's backwards. Um, but then driving out with your legs to run to get balance and you might find yourself free to kick or you might find yourself in a better position to, ha- to handball efficiently. So all of that takes time and practice. And as we keep saying, it's, you know, a 10-week uh, season with a, you know, doesn't really give you a chance to fail as much and, and, and practice in real time again. But it's getting better. So that's, that's the yeah, main thing. Sure. Patrick Dangerfield was pretty quick on Twitter. Straight after you won, he said, uh, so when the Cats men play and earn a home final, we play at the venue that fits more. 
surely the AFL women's follow this rationale. Um, Dan, is that a view shared by the club? This game should have been at uh, GMHBA? Um, oh, look, I think if you're in a home final, go for it. Play. I, I was wrapped that we got to play at GMHBA last week. Uh, I think we had close to 6,000 there, which was, which was oh, six and a half, I think it was, to be fair. Um, yeah, I think if you earn the right to play. It was interesting last week when they played Icon as opposed to Casey, but I think it needs to be accessible to the fans to get there and, and support their, their team. But, um, yeah, it's, the venue needs to be right. It's been well documented around the competition that all venues aren't quite up to, up to standard, but they're getting better. So I think the venue that helps everybody um, you know, on-field and off-field is important as well. Mm. What about the technology for finals? Is it is the full arc up and running? If there is a contentious, you know, goal line review that needs to be looked at, yeah. no, I, I'd like to think that maybe with all the, um, you know, KO and Fox style that we could take a moment to pause and rewind just to be sure if that's the the, the baseline of um, of checking for the AFW. Obviously, the venues don't all cater for the, the same um uh, technology is what we could do at GHBA but um and for the AFL men. But uh, you know, there needs to be something seriously considered around that because it will cost the game. It has had mm. an impact during the season as we've seen. Um but, you know, you look at the the replay on Foxtel and it's it's enough to say, yeah, that's a better a better look than maybe just kind of, you know, winging it and moving on. So there needs to be something done and I'm sure the AFL will look at it. Yeah, have you checked sure. the uh, forward weather forecast? Oh, I have, mate. I think the weekend's supposed to look, uh, look okay. So a three o'clock game at um, yep. Icon Park, and I think it's going to be 20 degrees. So, Perfect. You know, um, great conditions. Uh, the AFL have organised uh, buses for our supporters, our members, to get from Geelong up to Melbourne and back, which is outstanding. So we're, we're hoping for a bit of a bumper crab with the weather being on our side. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a great weekend. So, Dan, as a, as a career path, the uh, AFLW coaches, are you, are you full-time or are you full-time only when the season's on? Uh, full-time, mate. So I taught for 16 years uh, yep. and kind of juggled uh, some uh, AFL uh, you know, uh, work duties in between that. Um, so when the gig came up here to apply and get the position, I was uh, part-time to start with. But the last 12 months, I've been full-time. And, and yeah, with the new CBA agreement and the players just wanting more and more access to, to improve, you just need to have staff on board that, um, that aren't fully tied with the AFL men, in my uh, opinion. And me being full-time just in the W program uh, allows uh, that growth and, and that progression to continue. So uh, it's a big help, that's for sure. It's become a bit more cutthroat. Like even just today, uh, Nathan Burke getting getting sacked and you know, he's had a bit of a joke about it on Twitter. But, I, I mean, you've had the success that they haven't had, unfortunately, and that's the way that it goes and the cutthroat nature of the game. We know that. But it starts to hit home, I guess, when you see big names like that sacked. Do you think about that, or do you not have time to, you know, make the most of your your time and your opportunities in the game? Yeah, I, I don't, can't say I think about it, but I'm, I'm I'm clearly realistic around the fact that once you accept a coaching position, you're you're going to be uh, either you know out of it at some point. Just when when that happens, is up to performance and 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 how things progress. So. Um, you know, the dogs have played finals for a number of seasons, and they missed one this year, and all of a sudden they heaped on. And being mm. being a ten being a ten game series, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure to get early wins to bank those, so that the anxiety around performance, whether you be a coach or a player, can uh, be limited. But um, you know, it's just something that um, is a reality with any sport, I suppose. That if you're not performing or not many expectations, there's things to be raised and questions to be answered. And, Hopefully, I've got a couple more seasons left in me. Yeah. It's certainly become more poet profile. I'm just looking through the screen into the producer's uh, box at the present time. And uh, on Fox Footy, the Geelong-Essendon game is on. And, uh, currently you're off to a fly, uh, kicking 3-2 <laughs> in the first uh, half dozen minutes to zero. 
You'd like yeah, that start again against the Demons. Oh, it'll be outstanding. It's going to be an interesting battle, to be fair. Like, for us, it'll be a chance to, to see how we've progressed um, in the back end of the, of the year. And, um, you know, the Demons have obviously been a, a premier side and, and they've lost, I think, three out of the last four games. So there might be a little bit of doubt creeping in, but certainly there's a huge respect for the opposition we're playing against. Chloe Shear won't be there. She's uh, got the hairline fractured to her collarbone. Not as serious as perhaps you first thought. Is it season over or not? Uh, if we were to progress through, mate, I think there might be a chance, however unlikely, that she could still be up for selection the following week. Um, it's a, I think the, the nature of the injury is that um, it's more of a, a pain tolerance type of injury. So there's nothing the docs can do to try and support her with that. It's just about how she can manage it. So um, she'd be a, a, a chance, but it would be a little bit uh, yeah, unrealistic. But um, mm. you never know. Yeah. Who comes in? Uh, well, we'll get Kate Dowie back. She was out suspended last week. Um, so Kate will come back in the side to support our rucks and our forwards as well. Uh, and then there's, there's another decision to make around um, just how we how we structure up ahead of the ball, whether we go taller or a bit shorter. So, um, you know, with our, our movement last week, the way our forwards connected um, and the way Ashley Maloney played, um, we're going to try and give her as much space as possible to to play against their defence. So at this point, it's the one change. What's the breakdown for goals kick from uh, off the deck or from marks? Uh, I don't know those stats, to be fair. I think how we've scored this year is, uh, is through turnover uh, and more more so from, um, you know, fast play in regards yeah. to, um, you know, live goals uh, as opposed to, to marks. Uh, I think it's something in the AFLW that's, that's getting better is the the way the contested marking for one, but also mm. delivery inside 50 to get that shot. You know, clearly not everyone can kick 45 metres. Um, so it kind of takes away that uh, set shot ability. But, um, yeah, I think the, the balance is starting to kind of get better. Yeah, yeah. you took 15 marks inside 50 against the Bombers, which is a, a big number, and some AFL men's teams would be jealous of a number like that. It's going to be a cracking yeah. game. Uh, Melbourne looking to bounce back. You're in really good form. Two powerhouses of the competition going at it on Sunday in prime time. Dan, good luck. No worries, guys. I appreciate the call. And just uh, reiterating there, Geelong have organised eight buses for members. They're going to convoy down to Icon Park. Um, so if you are one of those listening and you'd love to get to the game, yep. just uh, go to the club website and find out. But that would be a bit of fun with other supporters, eight buses. Head down there, hopefully see a win, and then come back. It's like cool. the old days, Jeremy. Oh, you absolutely. would have gone the other way down to Geelong. Everyone will be piling into Peter Spargo's BP service station. Stretch the legs, buy the chips, <laughs> uh, etc. And they'll give you two cents off your petrol. Brisbane await the winner of uh, Melbourne and Geelong in the prelim final the following week. Dan Lowther is our guest.